Hey, hope you're doing well. Uh, for those of you I don't know, my name's Todd, and I'm the lead pastor. I'm really glad that you're here this morning. Um, welcome for those of you who it's your first time. Uh, we are in the last message in a series that we have uh, entitled Monday's Coming. And uh, the reason that we entitled it that way is usually when you say those words, Monday's Coming, it strikes fear, right? And like, you know, dread in, in people's minds. But, but I want to know something this morning. Um, how many of you, when I say that phrase, Monday's coming, how many of you like get excited because Monday's coming? Raise your hand. All right, there's a group therapy for you afterwards. He'll introduce you to it. I had someone come up to me between services and he said, when you're my age, you look forward to Monday's coming because it's another day on this earth. So anyway, that was kind of funny. I like that. Uh, but uh, generally, when we hear that phrase, Monday's coming, we have a lot of dread. We have maybe a lot of anxiety, fear, uh, because we realize and we know that when Monday comes, and it does come every seven days, and it comes 52 weeks a year for all of our lives, doesn't it? And when usually we think about that, we think about all the relationship issues that we have to face tomorrow morning. We think of the boss that we have to face tomorrow morning, the deadlines that we have to face tomorrow morning. We think of all the unanswered email and phone calls and endless to-do lists that we have to take care of. And over the past few weeks, our assertion has been that Part of the dread and part of the fear about the week beginning is that we are not prepared spiritually to take on a new week. And so we've been providing tools from God's word to help um, spiritually ensure that you and I, because I'm right in the same boat, that we are ready for each and every week as it begins. And so over the course of the past month, it's been fun because you've heard from different uh, people it's always good um, to hear different voices. I mean, I get sick and tired of hearing me sometimes, so it's been good. Uh, you heard from Summer in week one where we talked about having a, a spiritual game plan, not just for ourselves, but also for our families, uh, parents. And, and so in week two, you heard from myself and Todd Cooper, and uh, we talked about uh, having accountability and, and mentoring built into our lives and how we can be available uh, for the next generation to, to be there for them and help them with accountability and mentoring as well. And last week, you heard from Mindy Hopman who talked about the fact that we're a part of the family of God and as a part of the family of God, if we're Christ followers, we're a part of the family of God. And as a part of the family of God, We've, we've got to be committed to a smaller group of people, not just the larger family of God, but also the smaller family of God where we can share life with. And we talked about groups. And in fact, um, tonight at, at 5 o'clock, uh, we're, we're gathering together here. I think there's about 50 of you who have signed up or so, 40 to 50 of you have signed up uh, for our first ever group link, which is awesome. And uh, we're going to be having that tonight in here. And uh, if you haven't signed up, please do. We'd love to have you. Uh, I'm sure we have space available. I haven't asked Chris or Wendy if we have space available, but I'm assuming we have probably space available. But we do need to know if you're going to come. So get online and sign up. You'll hear more about that later. Uh, where we, We're going to start some new groups and uh, get some of you who aren't plugged into groups into a group uh, because that's where you really can work things out. Uh, with what uh, you're, you're learning and the things that you're growing through uh, in your faith walk. 
And so today we come to, to kind of, we kind of bring things to a conclusion, but today we're going to be talking about really what it means to start it right. And sometimes we go into uh, the new week without having gathered together in the larger group of believers on Sunday morning. And so today what I want to talk to you about is from the Bible, from God's Word, um, why is it important that you and I are committed to a, to a regular, and in fact, I would even assert a weekly time where we gather together in worship and, and together like we do here on Sunday morning. And so this is kind of like, this is a strange message, and here's why. Because, like, you're here, and so this is the ultimate I'm preaching to the choir type message, right? Because, like, you're here today, and I'm going to explain from God's word why it's important to be here today. You see the irony in that, right? It's like my dad. Um, my dad really thought that if you didn't eat your steamed spinach growing up at every meal, that your life was going to end. And so, and I hated steamed spinach. Like, I'll eat a spinach. Still to this day, I can't stand it. Like, my mom put vinegar and salt. Nothing worked. How many of you are with me on that? Steam cannot stand this stuff. Anyway, and we would have it all the time. I'll eat a spinach salad all day long. I'm not steamed spinach. Anyway, and so my dad would, like, basically force it down my throat. And, Dad, if you're listening, you know it's true. Um, but anyway, and so there was one time that I was sitting there eating the spinach you know, that my mom had prepared, and my dad's like, eat your spinach, and I'm like, I am. That's what I feel like today. Like, you know, I'm talking to you about being at church, and you're already here. So um, I really, in all seriousness, um, part of what I want to do today is encourage those of you who are part of this each and every week. I, I want to I affirm your commitment to having the corporate gathering of coming together on a weekly basis with other people that are part of the family of God and, and worshiping him and growing and learning and, and being stretched and hopefully inspired and challenged. Uh, I, I, I want to affirm that in your, in your life, and I want to challenge you to do it more. And the second thing I want to do is challenge some of you who are here today, and it's the first time since Christmas, and the next time you'll be here is Easter. That's cool. You guys are the CEOs of the church, Christmas and Easter only. Anyway, uh, that's, we talk about that in the church world. I'm sorry. It's just true. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I'm not making fun of you, and I'm not judging you, okay? So let that be known, but I want to challenge you to make a commitment to being a part of it on a more regular basis, and, and I think you'll maybe see why um, as we talk. And so I want to affirm you. I want to challenge you, but the third thing I want you to do is I want you to, to take this message and to pass it on. And, and if you have, some of you who have journeyed with me, you'll know that we'll come to a particular message series or a particular message, and I'll caution you, and I'll say, hey, be careful to not do this to the person you're sitting next to. I almost said husband <laughs> that you're sitting next to. Be careful not to do this, like, hey, what he's talking about, you need to hear. Or you go home, and you're like, hey, you need to hear this. Like, usually I'll say, hey, be careful to, like, you know, miss the personal application and just pass it on to someone else. Well, I'm telling you just the opposite about today. Like, if you're here and you're committed to it, great, then pass this on to someone else, okay? I am telling you to go home and, as my son says, in your face, okay? So anyway, no, don't do that. Be nice about it, okay? But that's, uh, that's where we're going to be today. And so I want to walk you through why, from God's Word, it's important that we are a part of this each and every week. Each and every week. But I want to begin with some numbers, there have been surveys after surveys around the world and in the United States of America that show one thing and, and a clear signal and a clear pattern. And that is, is that church attendance, specifically in America, has declined steeply 
uh, over the past 30 years. Every survey that you'll ever look at, it's decline, it's decline, it's decline, and like we kind of get that. Um, there are several different national and international organizations that do this. They'll work on surveying people, and they, they do these surveys. And, it, and it's been showing up the last five years that, that roughly 40% of Americans, 37 to 39, several different organizations get in that same range. So, range. so roughly 40% of Americans attend church regularly. Now, there are two problems with the survey. Um, the first problem is, is that when they were doing one of the surveys, they were asking churches or denominational organizations. And one thing about churches and denominational organizations is they're really good at, at um, stating a, a, a number that is um, maybe not the right number. And so a lot of churches were asked, you know, what's your attendance? And they would specify, they'd say, oh, well, we have 200, and that might be their membership, but in reality, the number of people that attend on Sunday is 100. And so... Um, there are people that research the research. Yes, that really does happen. And so they did that, and they found out that it was roughly half in reality. It was actually about half, so about 20%. And then there's another reason that the 40% of Americans attend church regularly is flawed. It's not only that the, the um, churches and denominations give their membership number, not their attending number, but the second thing is, is that one organization went out there, and they made 1,000 phone calls. They did a sampling, and if you know anything about research, um, like, there's this trend that happens in research that if you ask someone on the phone like, uh, like a behavioral type question that um, like leads them to a good thing, like a positive thing, people will answer with what they maybe want to do rather than what they do actually do, like what they are actually reality is happening. So the question was asked in the last week, other than a funeral or, or a wedding, have you attended church in the last seven days? And 40% of the people answered yes, but the researchers that did research on the research found out that it was roughly half, again, because people were trying to answer with what they thought would portray a good behavior, and it's called the halo effect in research. And so there's this idea that in America, across the board, it's about 20% of our population attend church on a regular basis. And if you've journeyed with us for any length of time, you, you, you know and you've probably heard me talk about the idea that 10 years ago when Hilton Head Island Community Church started, we started as Low Country Hilton Head, um, that we had two different organizations that had done, done some research in Beaufort County and found out that 9% of our county's population attends church. So let's round it up to 10. I'm not really good at math, so let's just do 10s. Okay, so roughly 90% of our county's population does not attend church. And some organizations that do this research would call that area, if it were located anywhere else in the world, they would call it pagan. Which is really hard for us to hear, isn't it? Like that, it's abrasive, isn't it? That we're pagan, that we live in a pagan community. And I don't even like that term. Even as a pastor, I don't like that term. But if it is what it is, then that's what it is, and we have to face it. But you know what it highlights, church? I want you to hear this. At Hilton Head Island Community Church, our mission is to passionately share the message of Jesus Christ and to lead people to follow him. And you know what? If that stat is still true today, 10 years later, which I believe it probably is, you know what is true? Is that we have a huge mission isn't that true? 
even if it's half that, even if like it's 80% of our county's population is unchurched, that means that we as a church and we as Christians have a huge opportunity right here. And all right, I'm preaching to the choir, I realize. But I think we need to know that, and I think we need to understand that because that's why we do so much of what we do. And, and numbers, you know, matter to, to organizations like I just talked about, and sometimes they matter to guys like me because I'm a pastor and I go visit other pastors. And you know what the first question a pastor asks? Another pastor is, how large is your church? How many people do you have in your church? I hate that question. You know why I like the number? Is because every number that we talk about represents a person, and every person represents a life, and every life represents a soul. That you and I, as Christ followers, have a responsibility to reach. And so when we talk about church attendance, it actually is important. It actually is something that we need to look at. And guess what? Um, we're 10 years old. On September the 10th this year, we're going to have our 10-year anniversary celebration. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that amazing? Some of you have been with us for a while. It's been 10 years. It's flown by. And in some ways, it's felt like an eternity. But anyway, that's all right. All right, so it's, it's uh, been 10 years. Here's the good news. I don't know how much of a dent we have had in, in making a dent in the unchurched population of our county, but the good news is, is that here at Hilton Head Island Community Church, after a couple years of like plateauing a little bit, God has really given us some, some really good growth uh, over the past year or two. And not just numerical growth, but also we're seeing some, some amazing spiritual growth. God's doing some amazing things. We had six people today that raised their hand in the first service to accept Christ as their Savior, which is awesome. And I want to let you know that some of you came in today, and what I'm talking about may not make any sense. And, and I just want to encourage you to wait to the end. Um, because I want to talk to you guys at the end, those of you who may have come in here and you're a seeker or you're a skeptic or you just don't know about this whole Jesus thing and somebody like brought you here or like took you hostage and you're here today and you didn't want to be here, I'll talk to you at the end. But today is, is really something about uh, encouraging and, and challenging those of us who are already Christ followers. I want us to take a look at God's word and see what God's word says about why we should gather together on a weekly basis, on a regular basis. And we're going to begin with the very first church. And I reference this passage a lot because this passage has so many little spokes. It's like a wheel that has a lot of little spokes on it. And, and let's take a look. We're going to begin with this like biblical basis of why it's important for you and I to meet together. And I think we, we should begin where it all started with the first church. Now, Jesus has come, he gathered together um, his disciples, and then that number grew, and there were a lot of people following him, and then he died, and then he rose again from the dead, and when he was gone, when he went to be with heaven, his, the disciples and all the people following him were kind of like, wow, what is going on? Where did this man that we, like, turned over everything in our lives to, where, where is he? And, and the Holy Spirit, we read in Acts chapter 2, came down, and that's called Pentecost, and it was an amazing, amazing time in the life of the church, really kind of kick-started the church, and then all of a sudden, people became Christians, and they, th th this, this group of, of people that were Jesus followers, largely at this point in time, they were Jewish Christians. They were Jews who had converted to being people who followed Jesus, this man who had died and, and had been resurrected. And it was a growing number, and there was all this, in the first century, all this tension 
but also all this excitement going on. And so we get to Acts chapter 2, and after Pentecost has happened, we begin to see and, and read how they organize. And I think this tells us a little bit about where they place their priorities. Check this out. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. It says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and prayers. Look, the first church understood what we understand today. If you want people to gather together, provide food. All right? So anyway, isn't that true? And it's really true in youth group, right, guys? Students, isn't that true? If we provide food, you guys will be there, right? Okay, so anyway. All right, so verse 43, same thing with adults. Uh, verse 43, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Verse 46, here's where I want us to kind of drill down. Verse 46 says, And day by day they attended or they were attending the temple together and breaking bread, the second reference to food, by the way, in their homes and receive their food. There's a third reference to it. With glad and generous hearts. Luke had something on his mind. It was food. Okay, so anyway, he was noticing that. And they received food with glad and sincere hearts. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So this is the first church meeting together. And there were two things that were of importance. All of it's important, what they did. But there were two things that they did that were gatherings, if you will, of, of places and environments where they met. The first one that's mentioned here by Luke is the temple courts. And, and I believe that that is like the first gathering of Christians together in like an organized like church format. And so they, they would meet together, and it was probably a larger group of people that were there in the temple courts. And the way that the temple was organized was there was a part of the temple where only certain people could go in, and part of the inside, the deep inside of the temple called the, the uh, holy place, where only the, the or the holy of holies, where the, only the high priest could go in. But the temple courts was, was kind of the public area, and that's where they met together, and that was their gathering, and it would have been a lot like this. It wouldn't have looked anything like this, okay, but it would have been something like this, where they probably would have stood for a half an hour. Aren't you glad we don't do that here? But they would have stood and listened to um, someone talk a little bit like this, and then they would have been encouraged, and then they went to their homes, and Mindy covered the small group, that home portion of that last week, but I want to cover the, what they did there in the temple, because I believe that that is the first gathering of Christians, and it sets the stage for what we're doing today. As time went on, there was a writer inspired by God's Holy Spirit um, that wrote a book called Hebrews. And Hebrews was written to these Jewish Christians, largely to the Jewish Christians, um, and, and it really instructed them on, on what all the changes really meant and, and we come to this passage in Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25. Check this out. The writer says this, and let us consider how to, I want you to say those next two words with me, how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to what, what are those next two words? Meet together. As is the habit of some. <laughs> There's the writer kind of throwing down that CEO gauntlet like I threw down a little bit ago. Okay, so but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And he's talking about as we get closer 
to the second coming of Christ, it's even more important that we meet together. And so you have the story about the first church where they were meeting together in the temple courts. You have Hebrews that was written and were encouraged to continue to meet together and not neglect the idea of meeting together. And then we have this passage in a book called Ephesians. It was written to the church. It was written to Christians in Ephesus. And check this out. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. Verse 12. Those are, all, those are a list of the gifts, the jobs in the church, if you will. But verse 12, he says this. He gave all of those to what? Is that next word to what? Equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. And so we see this progression in the first church, these, these Jewish people who just become Christ followers, and then they're trying to understand it all, and, and, and you know, gathering in an in environment like this is encouraged, and then it's encouraged again. And then you have this, this group of people in Ephesus that are, that are uh, you know, more along the lines of Roman-type Christians, but still new Christians, and it's emphasized again that their purpose is, is to, to build each other up. And, and so today I just want to highlight four of what I think are, are we, could, we could talk about 20 important reasons why you and I should be in the practice of meeting together. The first one is that we should gather together in corporate worship like we do every week because it is for you to worship God. When, when that first church came together in the temple courts, one of the things that they did is they worshiped God. And that's one of the things that we do in this environment here each and every Sunday is we worship. And I, I don't know about you, I love our worship. Man, God has blessed us with so many talented people that can lead us in worship. And I'm so thankful because we swing for the fences. We go for it in terms of worshiping God. And that's one of the purposes. You don't want to miss that as a Christ follower in preparing for your Monday and preparing for your week and spiritually getting ready for like what life you know brings you tomorrow uh, it's important that we get together and we worship we're going to give credence and time and passion and energy to what's important and if we view sunday as the beginning of our week and switch it away from monday and view the beginning of our week as Sunday, and the very first thing that we do is we gather together in worship, I think, that, I think it sets our priority on what should be our priority, and that's God the Father. I mean, it stinks it's on Sunday morning. I mean, wouldn't it be great if church was like Wednesday at like 1.30, right after lunch, or maybe right before lunch, 11 o'clock. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? That'd be great, wouldn't it? But we all work, and that's not our culture. And so the culture, because of a lot of different things throughout the ages, has been Sunday morning. And I know sometimes I'm a little long. I know I'm long-winded. My kids tell me that a lot. But, the, you know, like I try to do, and I, I'm trying to do better about keeping it short and simple, but also keeping you engaged. But I think we do a pretty good job from stem to stern in our student ministry and our kids' ministry here 
trying to present God's word in a way that is uh, meaningful and and authentic, but also something that's very interesting. And my prayer is, is that you would be spurred on in your priority to make God first thing, but so many times we make him second to uh, whatever our life has right now, whatever our kids are doing in the sports that they're involved with. (laughs) I know I've made that mistake a few times. We make our priority what we're trying to gain in our work, how much money we're trying to, to build, the wealth we're trying to build, or students, what friends we have in our, our social kind of network of people around us, or what sports team that we follow and we're so excited about the Super Bowl and then they just blow it. <laughs> that was a rough Monday for me and my son, I'll tell you that. Anyway. <laughs> Attending church weekly is for you to put your focus on God. But I think secondly, I think there's something else that's important, and that is is that attending church weekly is for you to spiritually encourage the family of God. I was driving my kids nuts in the the days leading up to the inauguration because every inauguration I go back and I make them listen to some of the famous inaugurations because I love history, and they don't. I think they do. I think they just don't want to let me know that they like history. But anyway, so uh, one of my favorite inauguration speeches is JFK, and he has a famous line, and most of you know it. Ask not what your country can do for you. What does he say? You can finish it. Ask what you can do for your country. And I think we come to church sometimes, and Andrea mentioned it earlier, like we come to church ready to receive, and and boy, I want you to. I want you to be in a position of receiving, because I believe God has something for you. I believe he has something for me. I think he has something for each one of us. But we need to also, in addition to being in a position of receiving, we need to also come to church prepared to give and encourage our brothers and sisters and, and family, not family like mom and dad family, although that may be the case, but encourage other people that we see at church. And I got to tell you, I want to I um, encourage you and applaud you because I believe that we are really an encouraging church. I leave here most days. I leave here most days really, really encouraged by many of you. And I hope you leave the same way. That's a sign of a good church. So it's important for us to attend church, not just to worship, but to spiritually encourage the family of God. It's also important for us to attend worship on a regular basis so that we can know what's going on in the life of our church. It's so funny when someone will say something to me like, I didn't know we were doing that. And I'm like, man, I'm so sorry. And then I get thinking about it. I'm like, well, we've communicated it for the last three, four weeks. In fact, the last three or four months. In social media and email and in church on Sundays, and I realized that they haven't been there and they haven't looked at it and they haven't looked at it. So that's why, okay? So, like, if you are part of what's going on in the life of this church, being here helps you to have ownership and to be in the know about what's going on. So it's important for us to attend weekly gatherings so that we can worship and so that we can be an encouragement to other believers, so we can be in the know. And then finally, so that we can be spiritually encouraged. Listen, everything that we're facing tomorrow morning, we need a launch pad for, don't we? We do. We do. And I hope and I encourage and I challenge you to have your own spiritual walk that is like running parallel with what you do here. I hope this isn't the place 
only that you come for your spiritual nourishment. I pray and I hope and I challenge you to make sure that you're doing your own thing outside of church. Don't, be, don't let this be the place where you have your spiritual life and you check it in here while you're here and you leave and that's all you do. Like, it needs to be parallel. But without this, I don't know about you, but sometimes I need this time to start my week to be that spiritual launching pad for my week, to, be, to get ready to be prepared, to be encouraged, to be challenged. And to grow in my faith. And sometimes we need that. We all need that in our lives. And so I want to encourage you today on that. I want to challenge you, if you're not committed to that, to be committed. And I want to encourage you to pass it on. Now, I want to say two things. First and foremost, I want to say something to those of you who walked in today. And you're, you're doubters and you're skeptics. I realize that a message like this seems very self-serving. And I promise you it's not. Because at the heart of what I'm talking about, at the heart of of you being here, is my concern as your pastor and our staff's concern and care for your spiritual condition. And if you're not a God follower or you're just skeptical about this Jesus thing, I get that. But why not make church a part of your weekly schedule? Why not make it the starting point of your week? If you're here, I believe you'll be encouraged. If you're here, you might even pick up on a few like just natural things that are going to help you in your daily life or your weekly life or with your family or at work. So why not make a commitment to be here and then just allow God to do his thing in your life and see what happens. And I want to say a word to parents. I think it's so important for us as parents to lead by example in this area. And my mom passed away, wow, next month it'll be two years. She passed away two years ago. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. But I know for a fact that there were times as knowledgeable as my mom was about the word of God and as serious as my dad was about just general leadership in our family, I know that there were times in their life that they felt like they couldn't lead spiritually. Parents, have you been there? I know I have. Please, don't tell me I'm the only parent that feels like sometimes I I just am at the end of my rope spiritually. I, I can't lead anymore. You know what I can do and what you can do and what I was modeled and many of you were modeled is I can show them and I can model it by example, by attending church with them, by going together as a family. And I learned so much and my faith grew so much in those formative years, years that many of you guys down front here are in. Um, Man, my faith was grown. And I am so today thankful to, to David and Susan Cullen for dragging me, and there were some weeks they dragged me (laughs) to church because, man, God was doing something. And my hope and my prayer is that God would do something in you. See, being a part of a weekly corporate worship experience is vital to not dreading that Monday is coming every week. Over the past year, you've heard me say this phrase a lot, and it'll be where we end today. It'll be what we talk about over the course of the next few weeks and and months and, and, and years, is when you're here, 
be here. Look, I get it. I was out of town just yesterday. There are, there are things that happen. We are gone. Sometimes you're gone on a Sunday. But my encouragement is for when you have the opportunity, my encouragement to you is that when you have the opportunity to be here, be, you can say it with me, here. And I think it'll be amazing to see what God does in our lives spiritually. We'll be much more ready for Monday, won't we? Would you pray with me this morning? God, thank you so much for Christian fellowship. God, I thank you for the gift of fellowship that you give us. The fact that you were created as three in one, that you were God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and, and God the Son, and that you, by the very nature of who you are, is you're a God that lives in community. And God, that's your intention for us. And it's true in small groups, but it's also true in corporate worship. And God, for the sake of us worshiping you, for the sake of us encouraging others, for the sake of us being in the know of what's going on in the life of this church community here on Hilton Head Island, and for us being here to grow in our faith walk, God, I pray that you would help encourage us to continue meeting together on a regular basis. God, I thank you for those who already are, and I pray that you would just help anchor them to that practice, that it prepares them better for life, it prepares them better spiritually for tomorrow morning and the difficulty they and we all may face when Monday comes at every single week. And I pray that you would raise up a whole group of people here on Hilton Head Island who are committed to gathering together on a regular basis, on a weekly basis, because we understand it's vital to our spiritual lives. God, I want to pray right now for those who walked in here and perhaps they're seekers or skeptics or they just don't know about this whole God thing or this whole Jesus thing. God, I pray that, um, God, I pray that they would even be here. They would not feel judged, but that they would be here with the freedom to figure out their faith right here in this church. If you're here today and perhaps God is leading you right now to a place where you accept him as your savior, I don't want to miss the opportunity to have you make that decision to accept Jesus as your savior. Maybe something was said or uh, you saw it on the screens or it was sung earlier um, and you realize that there's this gap between you and God and you've realized that you realize today God drew you today to the point where you want to accept Jesus as your Savior. Maybe it's been a long time coming. Maybe it's, you've been in church for a long time, but you've never said yes. Um, I want to invite you right now. I want to give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to make him your Savior, so that you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you will receive heaven when you die. If you leave this place and don't wake up tomorrow morning, that absolutely for sure be with God in heaven see the Bible says all we have to do is believe in our hearts that God rose again from the dead and confess with our mouths that he is Lord and we will be saved and so right now I just want to pray a prayer out loud and uh, you can pray it silently to God the best way that you know how in your heart it's not about the specific words it's really about what you're doing with God 
So I want to invite you, if you've never done that, to make Jesus your Savior today. It's a prayer that goes like this. God, thanks for making me, even bringing me here today. And right now, I admit that I have things that keep me from you. I have failures and sin. But I realized that you, Jesus, died for me. And today, I choose to believe you, Jesus. Come into my life and be my Savior. Just in the quietness of this place, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer along with me, um, I won't embarrass you, I promise you. I hate being embarrassed, so I won't do that to you. But if you're here today and you pray that prayer, just raise your hand because I want to pray for you. Just raise it up. Anyone else pray that prayer this morning? If you did, um, I want to encourage you to to make sure that we know about it. Down at the bottom of that folder that you um, received when you came in today is a place for you to let me know. And I'd love to be able to pray for you. Fill that out. Take it back to guest services after we're done. They'll give you a free Bible. And I'd love to follow up with you. Father God, thank you for what you're doing in the life of Hilton Head Island Community Church. But God, more than that, I thank you for what you're doing in in the kingdom work, the greater work. And God, I pray that we would be people who are committed to gathering together once a week to worship you, to be encouraged, to be in the know, and to encourage others. God, may we be committed to that practice so that we can face Monday better. And now we worship you in spirit and in truth. In your name we pray. Amen.